The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, well, we are live and we have another Bengal legend. I'm talking about Great. the sixth greatest Bengal of all time. That's right. I'm talking about David Fulcher, three-time pro only. bowler. The That's one and right. only. Three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, super bowler, one of the most dynamic safeties ever. A pioneer, a hard-hitting rock, as he is nicknamed. The original uh, rock, before there was a rock. No, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Man, you can make a lot of money off that. I'm talking about, yes, David Fulcher, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah. And we also have, uh, for the first time, Mr. Bengal Jim Foster. This guy is the hey most guys. dedicated Bengals fan I've ever seen. He's constantly reminding us of the greatness of the Bengals from the past. <laughs> Look at that shrine. Yeah. Quite the shrine behind you, Mr. Bengal Jim. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I assume yeah. if it wasn't for the current state, David, David, we've got one of you too, buddy. Just hey, to let you know. I like that. That's beautiful. It's <laughs> awesome. And all of this creates power and positive energy, having a shrine. Yes. And we have one of my favorite uh, people on Bengals Twitter, uh, Daniel Gemba, who is, is a very sharp young man who loves the team very much and has never seen the kind of success that some of us have from <laughs> uh, David Fulcher's time. So welcome, Daniel. Don't you know that... Thanks for having me. Chin- Children are our future. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and of course, I'm joined by my longtime co-host and friend, Dr. Hoji, the electric Esmoji. Always a pleasure. So, uh, so uh, uh, Jim, I, I want you to, uh, uh, to, uh, to talk to David and, and, and ask him. I know you have a lot of questions about his uh, playing days. I do. I mean, you, you got to understand, guys, this is a Bengal legend, uh, an absolute Bengal legend. You're talking about 6'3", almost 240. 240 pound safety, big, fast ball hawker, big hitter, not afraid to come up and run support. There was nothing like David Fulcher back in the day uh, when he played. So uh, it is an honor for me to be able to, to talk to Mr. Fulcher here. Uh, he is one of the biggest fan favorites in Cincinnati football history and uh, one of the best defensive ball players uh, in Bengal history with 31 interceptions, one of the better DBs of all time. Uh, it's an honor to have you, Dave. Dave, it's an honor to talk to you. And I'm I'm excited. Um, I know when I was approached about coming on the show, I, it's real easy. You know, let's do this, man. Let's talk football and, you know, let's reminisce on some of the old stuff. And 
and those that yeah. are listening uh, can get a, a, a an earful because not too many people had the opportunity to to live that 88 89 season right. and all the good stuff that happened back then and people ask me about uh you know the Bengals going to have they ever been to the Super Bowl I say been there twice and people don't believe that and I'm thinking yeah we were we were there twice and should have won both of them but, uh, yep. you know, but I, here's, here's, here's what's funny, David. So people don't know, and I just make, if I'm wrong, correct me, but in 82, when you were going to Arizona state, you yes. wanted to be, a, you wanted to be a receiver, right? I actually went to ASU as a wide receiver. Um, okay. I didn't want to play DB. I was, you know, I played DB in high school and, and played receiver in high school. And I, you know, I was a pretty good, I, I had a pretty good vertical. I could stand underneath the basket and jump straight up and dunk the basketball and, so when they threw the football up in the air, I was just going up for a rebound and uh, I would catch it. And I love catching touchdowns. I didn't want to hit anybody. And ASU tricked me and got me in there and then switched my position. And I got so mad that I just tried to hit everybody and, and I started liking hitting people. So then it was like, okay, forget being a receiver. Let me go ahead and knock people out if I can. And, and I, you know, I, I, I did that. Okay. That's good stuff. So during your time here with the Bengals, I think for the most part, Dick LeBeau was your defensive coordinator at one point, correct? Yes, he was my D, uh, DB coach as well as a defensive coordinator. Yes. Okay, so talk talk about, I mean, you know, with your ability, your ball hawking ability and, and big hitting ability, how did how did uh, Dick LeBeau help you, um, you know, enhance your, your career? Well, you know, it's funny because um, I was a free safety at Arizona State. I didn't play strong safety until I come to the Bengals. And my size um, kind of determined what they wanted to do with me. Um, you know, defensive back skills, linebacker body, maybe even a defensive end body, you know, 235, 240 pounds as I got older. And LeBeau had a style of defense that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting more credit for the zone blitz. Right. We started the zone blitz. LeBeau started his own blitz with Cincinnati using me as that um, that player that the Pittsburgh Steelers and Troy Palomalo was. Um, yep. So I try to tell people who are Steeler fans that before Troy, there was David. It was it was you. It was David. So I don't want to hear all this Troy Palomalo stuff. It was Fulcher. <laughs> and uh, so LeBeau, uh. LeBeau would take what David could offer. And what I offered to football was – um, that fifth linebacker who would come to the line of scrimmage, who would have one-on-ones with running backs, um, pulling guards. I would take on pulling guards on the sweep or not. And um, it, it was it was an advantage for us to have David Fulter come up and take on the guard than Eric Thomas or Lewis Billups. Um, and, you know, when David Fulter blitz, it was a small running back trying to block him. And a lot of things happen between the tackles, you know, from tackle to tackle. And that's where David probably excelled better than probably a lot of people. So he told yeah. me, he said, I'm going to make you into a football player that can make plays that people are going to remember. You make plays, we're going to win. And 90% of the time I made the play and he utilized, you know, David wasn't fast. People think that I was this fast guy. But, you know, from A to B, I was just as fast as anybody, you know. You were a 4'7 guy. And it yeah. worked out well. Amazing. 
Yeah, well, so I got one, one more question. Please, I'll let these, I know these guys got a bunch of stuff. So so there's so many big hits. I remember, David, kind of growing up. That was kind of my my childhood growing up. And I remember yes. all these games. But there's there's one game that sticks out to me. I don't know why it just sticks out. Uh, probably because we've been talking about it here the last few weeks uh, with a bunch of buddies of mine. But the 1989 um, Houston Oilers game, the 61-7 to game, uh, if you remember, uh, at Cincinnati. You had just a tremendous game, uh, three interceptions, a fumble recovery, multiple big hits and tackles in that game. Um, and, and I guess my question to you on that is, I mean, it was just I just remember you were all over the field in that game. Warren Moon just had no chance uh, in that game. So I would love for you to talk about you guys are up 58 to seven uh, with 25 seconds left. You guys are onside kicking and, it's, you know, Glanville and, and Whites were just going at it. Uh, they hated each other. What was it like being a player on the field during that game? What was being said? I want to. I want to hear what the. I want to hear what was said on the field. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was talking uh, obviously on another show about you know uh, rivals and people that you hate and teams that you hate, and it was Houston. You know, yeah, yeah we didn't like Cleveland because we're both battling for the state of Ohio and yeah. Pittsburgh. We we used to whoop Pittsburgh's butt all the time, so that, yep. we didn't care about Pittsburgh. But Good it you. was Houston. And the rival between the Oilers and the Bengals was was crazy because every time we go to Houston, they try to run the score up on us, beat us yeah. back. They come here, we do the same thing. And I think it was more of Glanville and Sam Weiss than Cincinnati versus Houston because Sam, you know, Sam didn't like that guy. You know, Glanville, you know, he could come out with like he's got all this leather on and he wanted to be this cowboy and he wanted to be Joe Cool. And Sam just could not stand him. Yeah. So here we are playing them at home. And, you know, we're, we're just putting a whooping on them. I mean, yeah. everything that is going right for us, you know, offensively and defensively, and, you know, frustrating Warren Moon and Warren's just, you know, so much pressure on him from our D lineman. And he was just throwing the ball up. And, you know, like I told you, man, I, I'm, I'm a rebounder and I'm going up getting everything. And yeah. we were up, like you said, 58 to seven and, you know, Sam, you know, we're, we're onside kicking and Sam's going to kick a field goal. And I'm like, you know, I could just see what's going to happen when they walk across the field to shake each other's hand that they may have security or we might have to walk out there with him. And Sam was like, he, I don't care about Glanville. I, if I had the football one more time, I'm throwing it up for the end zone. And, and, and that attitude was an attitude that our football team played while we played like that. If yeah. our coach was our coach wasn't a bad coach when it comes to you know conversations or bad words. He was just, I don't care about you, and I'm going to show you every yeah. time we got the football in our hand. And I think that was our that was our model. Our model was Sam Weish, wicky wacky, do what you do best, Sam, and we're going to follow you. And yeah. let me tell you, we could not stand the Houston Oilers. Could not stand them. Uh, uh... David, I just going back to that game. Uh, legend has it that there was a barbecue in in Villa Hills the day before. Uh, there's some some there's some delicious kebab, and uh, you know Max Montoy was just on the show a few days ago. He's talking about his neighbor uh, who made who made the kebab for for a lot of Bengals players, and and they say that uh, you, he told you uh, at that barbecue that you would have three interceptions the next day. Is, is that do you remember that? Is that true or? You know, before there was the Swami, yeah, it was my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. He said that. He, he did. did. He said that. He said that. Uh, 
you know, I have this feeling that you're going to have three interceptions, and I don't know where the three came from. No, I mean, that's a lot of I, interceptions. I one. You know, I take one yeah. interception. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's like a season. It has universal promotion. significance. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. people get three interceptions, like you said, in, in, a, in a season, and some may have not even had that in a career. Yeah, I, I, get, it, I, I get it in one game. Yeah, exactly. and, and I want to talk about that. I mean, when I look at these old clips of you, Mr. Fudger, and I see the way you just exploded on, on people and, and you had all this energy. I love energy. I believe in energy. My, my middle name is electricity, the electric. So <laughs> where, where did that energy come from? Was it diet? Was it, uh, were you gluten-free before everybody else? What was it that gave you all that energy? You know, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I really don't know because I'm not, um, I think it's just, you know, years and years ago, I met a, a performer by the name of Michael Jackson. Demon. And I saw Michael Jackson perform in Los Angeles. Wow. I saw Michael Jackson when he finished performing backstage. Yeah. Two different people. And I feel like I played the game exactly the way Michael Jackson performed. When he wow. got on the stage, he was thriller. Yeah. When I was on the football field, I was the rock. Yeah. When I'm off the football field, man, I'm just a pebble. What? You know, because and, because uh, you were tired after, or just it's just just it's no. like a, it's a performance thing. No, like it's, another pebble in the in the kind of ocean, like like among people, just a normal person. Right? I think it's I think it's a performer. You know, yeah. when you're on the football field, you know, you turn it on. I noticed you know, that. And I turned it on, and I turned it on many a times. And there were times that I, you know, I, I never went out to hurt a player when no. I get them. No, I know this. They're clean tackles. I can because they're going to try to hit me back. Yeah. Yeah, but Mr. Fulcher, so like. I, well, I, no, hold, I, on, hold on. I, oh, I, go I, ahead. Oh, no, go, yeah, go. Just real quick. I mean, I noticed that. I noticed that you had, you, you were very clean on your tackles and, and you're very precise. But I also noticed that after you would make a tackle or you would do something awesome, there was a bit of a performance there. You were getting the team pumped. I noticed the energy between the players. And I'm yeah. like, man, I wish we had that now. Yeah. And, you and you know, I think you have to have that because, you know, energy brings enthusiasm. Yeah. It makes people want to get better. Yes. You know, I used to do a lot of the stuff I used to do is because I got 60, 70,000 people screaming. And if they see me pumping it up, maybe they're going to get loud enough to help us play the game that we play. Yeah, and that happened a lot. It did. I I tried to pump my teammates up uh, as much as I could, and it was like I said, it wasn't about you know, you know, rah rah and 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 you know doing whatever. It was just here we go, guys. We got a sixty game. We got sixty minutes. We got to go out here and we got to do what we have to do. And I'm gonna bring everything I got, and I hope you bring it with me because I got to get there, and I want you there with me. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I was just watching the highlights of your Super Bowl performance, uh, Mr. Fulcher, and and you had all these uh, tackles for loss, and you had the sack, and you had the forced fumble. There was a big run by the, the 49ers running back, and you're like, no, 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 that's not happening on us, and boom, you come from nowhere, and it's like, on the biggest stage, you were the biggest player. Like, I think you could have been Super Bowl MVP if you want. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at that, and, and I love the Bengals. We love the Bengals. But, but recent history Bengals have not had that. You know, they haven't had. They've had great players, but it seems like, uh, you know, collectively, we, it's like we don't have that guy who comes. We had Vantes Burfecht do that a few years ago. We yes. had him kind of in that. You remember that, the Steelers yes. playoff game. He had that kind of performance. But other than that, we haven't had that kind of uh, that guy who who rises up to the, the you know to the to the, to the kind yeah, of. And, and if I may, I mean, I mean, yeah. Mr. Fulcher, David Fulcher, the Rock, did all of that without getting the fouls too. I mean, it was clear. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. The energy plus the cleanly cleanliness, you know. Yeah, you know, I think I think football today, um, comparing football today, a lot of these guys are pretty close to being equal. Yeah, you know, they're they're all big, fast, and strong. Um, the little guys are definitely faster than our little guys when we were playing. And, and then these big guys who were, you know, six foot five, six, six, 300 something pounds running like little guys. So the comparity of the teams are more closer than they were back yeah. in our day. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that the, the way football players are playing today uh, and the money that they're making seems a little bit different. These guys are, um, you know, I'm not saying they're playing for the money, no. but the money makes a difference c- compared to when I played. You know, we were happy. Yeah. You know, $100,000 is a lot of money, no matter what you're doing. That's true. But we, we, we had, some of these guys had second jobs. And really? These guys today, man, they make so much money, man, that I don't know if, and I, and I, and I don't know if I'm saying the right thing or believing I, it, but, I don't know if their hearts are in it as much as it was when we played compared to how much money they're making today. No, I, I agree. I well, agree. I will say, I will say Mr. Butch, I heard you on Dan Hord's podcast recently uh, talking about Von Bell, the Von Bell signing. Yes. And you said this man is a game changer. This man, uh, you know, takes it up to, to, to a 10 and he'll bring other guys with him. Yes. You know, and, and that, that was so great for me to hear from you. That we have that kind of uh, player now. Now, now Von Bell is more, you know, plays like in the box. He's not yeah. going to get as many interceptions as you did, and, and that kind of a stuff. Yeah. But but Jesse Bates, I've seen flashes of him, you know, being the they're big changing. time. I mean, they're changing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. changing. Bates, so, I'm telling you, Jesse yeah, Bates, please, yeah. Jesse Bates can make some plays back there. I think Jesse Bates has the opportunity to be uh, one of the one of the great safeties that play for yeah. the Bengals. But bringing in Bell. You know, Bell's going to be a game changer. He's going to be that, uh, you know, if you want to go back and, you know, the Burfick or the Fulcher, go back in the day and say, we got us a hitter. We got a guy that can get in there in the box and make plays and could create some havoc in there. And yes. I think that's what Bell brings. I mean, exactly. You know, you don't play for the Saints and no. do the things that they did in New Orleans and come to Cincinnati and don't have a, a, a background. And his background is uh, making plays and being a punisher. So I think the Bengals, you know, fortunately, for them in this uh, free agency, 
brought brought a player in here that could give some light back there in that secondary. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's yeah. like there's a positivity back in the Bengals. I I, oh, yeah. I want to get back to that positivity because you obviously played under Sam White. Yes. And and I mean I I think our younger viewers maybe maybe we can we can bring in our, our youngest uh, uh, correspondent today. I mean I don't know. Do, if they've ever had the taste of that positivity, the Weich era, what was it that Sam Weich did? What yeah. was it that he brought? What was that X factor? What? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't, I don't, I think Sam was, he was a motivator. Yeah. You know, he was an inventor. He was a motivator. The NFL wasn't ready for Sam Weich's uh, no huddle and, no. and the sugar and all no. the stuff that Sam brought to the table. So, you know, we, we, the Bengals that then created uh, something that the NFL wasn't ready for. And, um, you know, when Sam did the things that he did, it, it was electrifying, you know, just yeah. like your middle name. Elect he, uh, electric. Yeah. He gave us, yeah. Yeah. And it matters. He gave, he gave everybody something to the, a shock. Yeah. And that shock was um, we were so good at what we were doing that. And I, and I wished the years that I played that we could have brought Super Bowl championships back here to Cincinnati because Cincinnati deserves that. But it was beautiful. I mean, even without the win, it was so beautiful to be just alive and excited. Ultimately, these games are about bringing people together and enjoying the energy, and we did. I mean, it was it was so amazing that time. Sundays were you you live for Sundays. Yeah, people don't then. remember that. Couldn't wait for Sunday because you knew that the Bengals were going out on the football field and it was going to be a war. And, and we're still using the motto from that time, the who day, yeah. that time, who day, yeah. that was who day, the jungle, that was yeah. the jungle, yeah, 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 Daniel. I mean, uh, I, I know you had some questions for, for David, yeah, I was doing some reading about um, your program, uh, MANA, Mentoring Against Negative Actions, and so, yeah, it's a mentoring program for those who don't know. So, I was just wondering what got you into that, um, and what exactly do you do with it? Well, um, oh man, now I'm from Los Angeles and my dad was a police officer in LA for, you know, 25 years. Uh, and I thought about, you know, obviously being a cop and didn't know if I wanted to do it in Cincinnati or back in Los Angeles or back in Arizona. And when I retired from the Bengals, um, I decided to stay here in Cincinnati. That's where I'm with my wife, Judy. Um, and I was working with at-risk young men and women um, in group homes and uh, in the jail and I was at a charter high school and one of the kids in the high school got in trouble. Police came and uh, took him from the school and took him to jail. Um, he was going to be in there for a couple of days. So I asked the, the superintendent, is it possible I could take that kid his schoolwork so he doesn't miss out on anything? He told me, sure. So uh, the sheriff then, uh, Simon Lease, allowed me to come in and drop off the homework. I sat there and watched the kid do his homework. And then when uh, he was finished, I took it back to the school, but I ran into the sheriff on my way out and he asked me, uh, what was I doing in there? And, you know, could I bring a program into the uh, jail to help those guys in there? Because all they had was GED and maybe a couple of uh, religious programs. And so we put together a program uh, 25 years ago. We put it in there and, you know, 10 years after that, I took it over myself, changed it to MANA, Mentoring Against Negative Actions. And the program is really simple. Um, and I say simple. Um, it's common sense. I talk about common sense. You know, if I build a fire right now in the middle of the floor, I ask them that, would you put your hand in it? And 
Some would say no. Some would say yeah. And I'm going, why would you put your hand in it? We're trying to keep warm. I said, well, okay, well, you know, you can keep warm by putting your hand above it. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. Some of them would say, well, maybe there's some money underneath and making the fire go. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't say money. So it's just making the right choice. So I try to simplify uh, an opportunity to work with men and women who are incarcerated, who constantly keep getting in trouble, um, making the wrong choices. And I try to get them to make a better choice by one first, put their family members in front of their needs. You know, do things for, you know, do things for them, not you. Uh, you know, a lot of drug dealers and guys who get in trouble say that I only stole because my family needs to eat. Well, common sense says when you steal, you go to jail. So why not go get a job at Burger King or McDonald's or White Castles? You know, why not go out and get a job that can provide food on the table for your family and you get a chance to sit down and eat with them? So for 20 uh, say 25 years, I've been working with um, these guys and girls on making a choice. And Hamilton County gave me an opportunity to do it uh, in there for over the 25 years. And then over a year now, I've been in Butler County Jail with Sheriff Jones doing the exact same thing. And my goal really is to, to teach these guys something that they can give back. And that uh -huh. giving back might be them going into jail working with somebody that's been in their, in their shoes as well. Okay. That's incredible stuff. So how exactly do you connect with these people? Like, so these are a lot of people that, you know, society forgot about and a lot of people don't care about them. And so there are not a lot of positive people like you coming in to speak to them. So how do you sort of get them out of that mindset that no one cares about? You? Well, I, I think the, the, it makes it easy for me because I've been there and done that. Mm -hmm. Born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, I wasn't afraid of the gangs. I was afraid of my dad. Uh, I've been mistakenly shot at twice walking down the street. One came up mm -hmm. on my front porch, shot all up my house because he thought I was a gang member. Um, so I've seen all the good, the bad, and the uglies. And what I try to do is when I talk to them is get them to believe that they are somebody special. They're not just a criminal. I don't call them inmate. I don't call them criminals. I call them my guys. These are my guys, man. And, and a lot of them are, you know, 20, 25 years old, 30 years old, could be my son. So I don't talk, I don't, I don't play with them. I talk to them straight talk. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't sit up there and say, hey man, you know, it's okay. I'm, no, dude, you screwed up. You know, and I don't like the way you're talking to me right now. So if you can't talk with some sense, you got to go back to yourself. You know, and I'd be true with them. And I think that has changed a lot of their lives because I'm true. I try to be real with them. When my wife mm -hmm. started working with the ladies the first thing i told my wife was is just just be you judy just be you talk to them and tell them you know yeah. been there and done that you know and when we talk to them we get them to believe that there is a better way of being a, a person uh in society to get back out there you know david but uh, also I, I i it's it's the love that you have i think you have you have love and affection for your community and it's you know you're like you said you're originally from los angeles but when the city embraced you, you embraced the city right back and you set, you set yourself up here long term. And you talk, mentioned, uh, uh, you know, your wife. Uh, and, and I think the, your, your foundation is related to, uh, to, to that. And I don't know if you want to talk about that, but uh, the David Fulcher Foundation. Uh, well, it's a passion. I think everything yeah. I've ever done in my life is a passion. 
uh, even going grocery shopping is a passion. You know, know, if if you like what you're doing, it's not a job, you know, and I like more than than anything else. But I love making a difference. And, you know, uh, my daughter now is 25. So my wife was diagnosed with MS um, about 24 years ago, 25 years ago when my daughter was little. And our foundation back then when we started it was to help. Uh, the National Society find a cure for MS, multiple sclerosis. And we got into the point where we were raising so much money and that those funds were going to a society that nothing had changed. So we decided, you know, 15 years ago, how do we make an impact on those who are affected by MS? So we teamed up with a organization called the Gift of Hope. Uh, The lady that runs the Gift of Hope, uh, Sharon Roll, is a uh, MS uh, person as well. And everyone that's part of the gift of hope have MS. So my wife and I, when I autographs or do speaking engagements and I, you know, I get compensated for it, you know, I will take that money and my wife and I will shop for six to seven families that have MS, a mom, a dad, a daughter, or somebody in their family. And then we would give that to give that to them on Christmas Eve or, you know, days before Christmas. So that's what we do. My foundation is about helping those that are affected with MS and giving them some kind of comfort on clothing, you know, food, whatever it may be that um, that, that takes a lot of their money away from them because of them being MS patients. A lot of doctors and medicines um, are out of pocket and, and it's tough for them. So we do what we can to help those folks that are affected by multiple sclerosis. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like that affected you personally and you had the background with your father, like you mentioned for the, uh, the, the manna, but, but also like, like the, the, you know, all, uh, you know, um, real men wear pink campaign. That that's not something affecting you personally. You're just like, look, uh, you know, a lot of men are getting breast cancer and then nobody knows about this. And so, Hey, I'm going to speak up. And, and I think that, it speaks to your, like I said, your compassion. You, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you seem to me to just love people and love your people, and you know, and it's just beautiful. And it's, I think for us, uh, for for you know, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, to see people like you, uh, really, it it, uh, it 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 means a lot, you know, because there's you know, you hear things like Ohio, Kentucky, oh, everybody wants to go to California. Well, that's not true. Some people, they you know, they love the people, they love the area, and and that's just great to see. Yeah, um, you know, I think when the, the real man wore pink, I was asked uh, to help with breast cancer uh, a couple of years ago. And um, one of the ladies that asked me to get involved, uh, I've been known for a very long time, and she works with the uh, the Bengals and their organizations and raising money. And, you know, breast cancer, I have nobody in my family that has breast cancer. Um, I, I just said, how, how can I help? And she started telling me what we needed to do. We were going to you know, put together a campaign and, you know, go out and speak. And, you know, we're going to raise money to help those uh, who have breast cancer. And, you know, all I did was what David normally does is I just ask those folks that I know that are dear to my heart and say, listen, here's something that I'm putting my uh, my name in the hat. And how can you, you know, you guys help me? And I once again, I didn't know if anybody had it, uh, the people I talked to. And year one, I raised $18,000. $18,000 awesome. that I <laughs> That's amazing. For, for, you know, and 
had nothing, no affiliation with breast cancer, which was great. And then the following year, uh, well, this year, this past year, um, I went from 18,000 to almost 30,000. Yeah. And, you know, it's just people that I knew or people that I talked to, Facebook, all the social medias out there. I just put my name in the hat out there and said, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing. And you you couldn't imagine how many people out there that follow us as athletes would give back to the real man wear pink. So it's about 25 play people, not players, people in Cincinnati that uh, that were part of this real man wear pink campaign. Uh, you know, Dr. Odell Owens in Cincinnati, uh, Marvin Butts, you know, the Marvin guys, Marvin has the detailed uh, bar car wash thing downtown and you know, uh, um, oh my gosh, there's a lot of other guys on there, but yeah. local businessmen, you know, yeah. I, um, Dave Lapham and I were the only two uh, former Bengals that were on there. And we, you know, we, we were doing something to help, help people in dire needs. And, you know, the money that I raised, once again, it stayed right here in Cincinnati. So yeah. it helped Cincinnati breast cancer, not nationwide breast cancer, but we finished mm-hmm. second in all the 32 uh, football teams, cities with breast cancer this past year. So once again, a passion of mine is to do a lot of stuff. So it's awesome. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. So, so, so can I, can I just uh, hop in here? I, you know, I, 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 there's a question I've been wanting to ask for a long time. It's about your philanthropy. So you took part, if you remember, in a cooking competition with John Robert de Cavell to benefit the Cincinnati uh, yes. free store food bank. Yeah. Yes. What did you make? I want to know your cooking secrets. I'm a foodie. I love food. And I, well, I, here's a, the problem. Here's yeah. the problem, man. I didn't make anything. Oh, I, I, I just, and part of the, the, the taste of NFL yeah, where they bring a lot of uh, obviously restaurants to the Bengal Stadium and fans come in. Yeah, and, and that's part obviously that's the free store food bank. I am a representative of the free store food bank and the taste of hunger for the Super Bowl. Oh, so every Super Bowl, the NFL uh, sends a player, former player, and a chef from their city to the Super Bowl to raise money for kick hunger challenge across America. Yeah. John Robert obviously was the chef um, for, for many, many years. And I came in, oh, eight years ago after Munoz and then Dave Lapham. Okay. And uh, this past uh, eight years, I think the last two years, we've had chef uh, Michelle Brown from um, Jags in Westchester She's been our chef for the last two years. And all I do is stand there and try to look, you know, important. Yeah. You know, I have my apron on and I, you know, I have, you know, we got the bingo helmet over at the table and the chefs, they, they cook, they make food and people walk around. And I think it's like a thousand dollars a ticket. Wow. And we probably get, oh, 10 to 20, 30,000 people in there. Yeah. And then they have an opportunity to buy stuff. 
because I believe this last year we raised over two million dollars. Wow. And trust me, man, I think it's uh, every hundred dollars that you spend could feed 800 kids. Well, and that's going to matter more and more now with the COVID situation. There's a lot of hungry people out there. Oh, no doubt, man. I think right now, this time of what's going on, man, is it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a lot struggle. Of, you know? A lot of people struggling. I think it's important that people understand that, you know, some of us may be well off than others. Yeah. And then some people who think that they're well off get, get an eye, uh, eye-opening experience that you're not as well off as you thought you were. But I think what's important, man, is that, you know, we have to be smart in this yeah. time. We yeah. have to be really, really smart. And I, I, I know things are opening up. And people are getting out there because they're tired of being in the house. But if you're tired of being in the house, why don't you just go outside and walk around the block yeah. a little bit and then come back to the house? Because, you know, the more that we are safe, the more it's going to be better for all of us. And you never know, yes. man. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm a sushi eater and I'm starving sushi, but I'm not going there until it's time to go. Yeah, same here. Okay. I've been playing it safe. Yeah, playing it safe, man. You yeah. have to be safe. You have to. Mr. 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 Foster, Bengal Jim, you, you, you have a question. Yes, sir. I, I do. Uh, actually, a comment and then a, and then a quick question, and then I'll, I'll leave you alone, David. But, man, everything you just got done talking about, all the charity and all the community involvement, yet another reason why you are such a huge fan favorite still to this day. Not only because of your playing days, man, but you being involved in this community means a lot. And you don't have to say anything about anything you do because people see it, man. We appreciate you being part of our community, and I'm – I'm so happy you did. You weren't a receiver, and you decided uh, those coaches decided to put you back in the the secondary, man. So, but I do have a question for you, kind of a jokingly question. Um, so this picture I showed earlier. Yes. So what happened at a high top fade, man? Oh man, I, the, the hair won't grow that high no more, man. That's the problem. I I tried to do it, but uh, it won't get up there, man. And um, man. That was a that was a an actually a, a portrait. I think somebody painted that. Uh, it's yeah, not a, they did. Uh, it's not a football card. It was a portrait that a guy painted. Because I have uh, I have that same picture. The person that did it sent it to me, and I have it in my basement. Um, but I'll tell you, man. Um, you know, I was fortunate, man. I loved the game. There was one more thing that I wanted to say about charities. I have my own uh, celebrity golf outing, uh, putt for penguins with the Newport on Aquarium. Um, I teamed up with them uh, a couple of years ago, almost 11 years ago, that we raised monies for conservation and uh, with animals and getting out in the community where they'll take, you know, some of the animals, penguins and sharks and snakes to schools and neighborhoods so that the people who can't go to the aquarium, uh, they can bring it to them. And um, my golf tournament w was June 24th. Um, we're thinking about canceling it, obviously, and moving it either back further back in the year or uh, doing something different later on. But um, I, once again, man, I, I'm just grateful for just being David. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm people tell me, man, you're from Los Angeles, man. You 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 you, you probably had to do it all. No, I didn't, I didn't do nothing, man. I I tell people, you know, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a drinker. You know, yeah. I, I never tried that stuff. Don't want to. Um, like I said, when the street lights came on, they started blinking. I was in the house before they was finished blinking. And um, I'm, I, I would I consider myself growing up a nerd that didn't do nothing. Well, well, but, well. Uh, no, you you're saving the animals. I mean, what you're yeah. doing with the conservation, 
I, I keep telling daddy about this. That's the most important thing. Well, well, yeah. well we also, you have to, you know, the economy, I'm just saying, you know, there's also people have economic, you have to consider You're always thinking about money. Yeah. Look at well, like mean, Mr. Fulcher. Think about people, animals, helping. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's, and that's what I, you know, somebody asked me a while ago about when you leave this earth, what would you want them to say about you? You know, yeah. they start talking bingos. I said, I don't want to be, no. I don't want to be the, you know, I'm still the biggest safety ever played in the NFL. So I think I got that down unless somebody comes out of nowhere. <laughs> but I, I just want people to know that a guy who cares will take this shirt off his back to give it to anybody. And, yeah. you know, a fighter, a fighter for the people. Yeah. You know, just like I'm, you know, when it comes to political stuff, you know, yeah. Republicans yes. and Democrats. Come on, man. I don't care who you are. No. Just yeah. do your job. If you do your job and take yeah. care of this country. I'm 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 good with that, and yeah, I think that's the kind of person that I want people to recognize with me. A guy who always gave back, a fun, loving guy, a father, a husband, yeah. you know, a neighbor who cares. And and I I just, you know, I was given a gift, and this gift is not just mine; it's everybody's, and I'm going to share it with everybody that I know. David, you know, you talked about being uh, the biggest safety ever, and, and recently we saw. Uh, the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Seahawks, their yes. secondary carried them to a championship and, and very close to a second one. And you had the SWAT team, right, with, uh, with Solomon Wilcott and uh, Lewis Billups and, uh, sorry, and uh, Eric Thomas, right? Yes. And a lot of people say you were the Cam Chancellor prototype. Now, your playing style, being that big, hitting that hard, both of you retired at 29, I believe. Yeah. Am I, am I correct? Uh, let's see. I did retire. And I think I retired at I thought, maybe 29, 30. Yeah, 29, like. 30. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think, yeah, I mean, like, that kind of playing style, that kind of size, hitting that hard. Is there a way, now that you have that experience, that you can... Uh, you know, you pass on to the younger NFL players that they can play to protect their bodies longer term, you know, being such uh, dynamic big guys, you know, well, let me, because let like me, the, the bodies me, are getting bigger and they're getting faster. Yeah, so let, so it's let just, me, let me, yeah. let me go back a little bit and, and, and not just clear it up that, you know, they say I was a cam champ, cam chance of prototype. I played before cam. So cam is the David Fulcher prototype. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, here's the a thing. Copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, there you go. I think the thing, though, is, you know, football has obviously changed a whole lot. Um, When I was playing, we had a true fullback. Um, You know, they ran the football up the middle, off tackle, off guard, outside. You know, so we we threw our bodies into players 24-7. Today's football is spread out. It's, you know, four or five wide receivers. You know, they don't run the football as much as they did before. Um, but the, you know, quarterbacks run the football. These quarterbacks are really running backs that could throw, um, you know, today's game is, was David Fulcher. Could I survive in today's game on the way I played, uh, probably getting fined every week, just the super (laughs) fact that I was, I'm supposed to hit people to get them down, not grab them by the shirt. Um, so I think football has dramatically changed to the fact that, it's a passing game now more than it yeah. was a running game when I was playing. Yeah, we had the Houston Nordos who, who threw the football a lot. 
but everybody else had a true fullback and they ran the football with a tight end. Um, I like that game of football. If I was coaching today, that's the kind of offense I would want. I would go back to that. I know a lot of people don't want to see that, but time consuming, you keep the ball away from the other team. You got the football, you run up, you know, eight minute, nine minute drive, you know, 12 play drives, you know, that, that, that clock time and stuff. So, um, but I will tell you this here. I think the safety today is better than it was back in our day. I really do. I think the safety today and, you know, concussions and the protocols and all those things that, you know, once you get a headache or once you feel dizzy, you're off the field, you're not going back in the game. And back in our day, it was, you know, smelling salt. What day is it? Get back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Kebab maybe. Yeah. But it was gritty. It was gritty. (laughs) I mean, it was gritty and tough. I mean, many times I come off the field, uh, after the series, and I'm a little dizzy, and I can I remember trainer putting that breaking that smelling salt and putting it under my nose and saying what day is it? And as soon as I said Sunday, he said you're good. And I'm yeah, but that's always going to be the answer because it's football. Yeah, you just memorize yeah. that one thing. <laughs> just just say game, Sunday, you know? And that's what yeah. it was. I wanted to play. I did not want you know Barney Bussy was my backup, and I and I love Barney as a brother and, and probably one of the best guys I ever played with, one of my golfing buddies. But yeah. I didn't. I did not want him on the field because if he was on the field, that means David wasn't doing his job. Right, David. Yeah. So, so you talk about. I know it's changed, but and I know Daniel wants to talk to you about this. Uh, we're running out of time, but very briefly. Yes. Um, which safeties do you see, and do they get the David Fulcher a stamp of approval, like you know Jamal Adams or like Minka Fitzpatrick? I mean, Who these like? kind of hard hitting guys, or do you like the the guys that the the, the free safeties who get the you know, who's going fun? around uh, snatching things out of the air. Like, who who gets your, who is the David Fulcher guy? Well, you know, it's it's hard, man, because I don't I don't really watch a lot of the football games like I used to. Yeah. Uh, I still work with the NFL. Uh, I'm the uniform compliance officer, so I'm at every Bengals home game. Uh, so basically, really, um, yeah, I watch the game, the Bengals, or who they're playing at home because I'm there. So. Um, I don't really follow a lot of them. I just, you know, I just, I'm a spectator. I'm a spectator that don't criticize. Uh, I'm a spectator of, and, and I'm a, an analyst of watching the Bengal safeties. Yeah. You know, you know, come up, make a play. Come on, Sean Williams. You can make that tackle. Come on up and make this, come and do this. It sounds like, it yeah, sounds you know, like, make, do it, yeah, it's about the play, not the person. It, I go, uh, when I look at them, I go, ah, you know, I, I could have made that play, but, you know, I, I <laughs> Yeah, but they, I think actually, we, let me I let me ask. We come you. to an agreement, Daddy, that we need to clone David Fulcher. We do, David. Okay, yeah. real quick, sorry, real quick. So yes. you mentioned Sean Williams, and we know Jesse Bates, and you you, you talked about positively Jesse Bates and Von Bell. A lot of teams are going with three safeties right now, and the Bengals might be one of those teams. How do you see that dynamic for the Bengals playing out with those three? I th- I think it could be it, it could be okay, uh, and now if you're gonna put all three of them in the game at the same time, yeah. I could do that because now you're bringing a safety in and take a place of a linebacker and he's now playing a, 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 a rover like uh, position. But if you're going to play three safeties, trade them in and out. No, I, I, I wouldn't do that because you need to be in the game. You, ha- you, you have to have some plays. You got to have movement. You got to have blood flowing. Yeah. You just can't go in there and, and take them out, you no. know, eight plays later, put him back in and switch and switch. You know, no, you don't want to do that. You got to get but, in the but, groove. 
It's like music. That's yeah, true. You gotta be in it. You gotta yeah. Be yeah. Okay, guys, I'm gonna open it up to you guys for final questions. Go, guys. David, Dang I, I just Dan, Dan, one yeah. last just quick. David, the toughest two the toughest player that you played with, and then the toughest player you ever played against that you saw oh, on the wow. field. That one's tough. Um, I think the toughest player, pound for pound, that I played with is probably James Brooks. Yes. You know, James Brooks, you know, he 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 a little guy with a big mouth. Yeah. But he he made you work. He made us work in practice. Um, everything that he did was spectacular. I mean, like I said, a little guy playing like a big man. As far as toughest players played against, man, there's so many of them out there. Walter Payton, I played one game against Walter Payton. That, that guy was unbelievable. Barry Sanders, I think pound for pound, the best running back to ever played a game. Ever, ever lived. Ever lived. I think people underestimate that guy that guy played behind an offensive line that was crap uh and he did all that by himself um but there were a lot like i say and and you know quarterbacks uh john elway uh, dan marino joe montana um warren moon you know the list goes on man there are so many good players out there man and and you know receivers that that were tough you know wester slaughter down in cleveland uh, oh yeah yeah. You know, those guys were those guys were pretty good. Kevin Mack, running back, Cleveland. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, when, when I knew we had to play the Cleveland Browns, I made sure I tightened my cheek, uh my my uh teeth up, got my new uh, mouth guard ready. I had, you should have two or three of them on the sideline just in case because I'd always lose them from hitting him. Couldn't find it, I had to go out and get a new one. So um, but I tell you what, man, I, I played against a lot of guys and the guys that I played with on that 88 Super Bowl team were a good group of guys that um, I wish we had more to offer Cincinnati because we should have won some Super Bowls with that team. It was a great team. It was a great team. Yeah. And that, Daniel, that yeah. Yeah, 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 go ahead, Daniel. Daniel yeah, yeah, no. So just my question is we've been seeing a lot of, you know, talk on social media about like the Michael Jordan documentary and what would happen if MJ played today. So I was just wondering maybe if we could get a time machine, go back to 1988, Bring you back today and drop you on the Bengals today. How do you think you fare with the rule changes? And oh my gosh! Listen to all that. Well, I don't think I'd be playing safety today um, if they went back and got me back in the day. I definitely would be a linebacker type, inside, outside linebacker, defensive end, just because mm -hmm. these guys are so fast and furious today. But uh, I wish I could play today, man. I, I, you know, guys like Ben Roethlisberger that people don't know how to tackle. I know how to get him down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But David, yes. David, I'll please. Get him down, man. I'll get him down for sure. Put him in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so, David, uh, I mean, you're only a little older than Tom Brady. I mean, the game has changed. I mean, I wouldn't rule and out. And there's bionics. <laughs> there's also bionics. There's yeah. bionics. The problem, the problem today yeah. is at 55. Yeah. I don't think I could be chasing somebody down the field at 55. You could chase now. Tom Brady. You could chase Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, you could catch him. If I had definitely Roethlisberger. Oh yeah, I you can catch choice, I go yeah. on the I go on the offensive side of the ball and catch some of Tom Brady's catch passes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't have that, to really yeah. be fast. You just gotta get open and catch the ball. I could do that. That's true. Well, uh, David, can, yeah, go ahead, Hoji, please. My question, closing question. Yeah. So you you you're doing this, you you have this position as the uniform uh, compliance inspector. Yes. And there's been a lot of talk about changing the Bengals uniform. I'm against it. I like them as they are. What do you think? 
do we make a move? Do we not? Waste of money. I I just think it's a, you know, they're trying to go a new era. It's changing. Uniforms are uniforms. I don't care what. Yeah. You know, as long as it's presentable, I'm good to go. So I, I changing them. I don't. I mean, it, it it's not going to make or break me if no. they change them. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, an, it's just another uniform. And once again, you change your uniforms and you expect the change, and you get the same results. Yeah. Now you're going to blame it on the uniform. So no, right. don't That's just true. leave it alone. Yep. Yeah, it's leave funny. It before every game, they show the record for the Bengals in that uniform, as if that has like some <laughs> sort of impact. It's it's crazy. David, congratulations! Yes, you just you, com- completed your uh, your degree at ASU oh, yeah. at Arizona State. Yes, uh, a couple of weeks ago, less, I think less, right? Uh, uh, it was uh, May first. May first. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Oh, so almost a month ago. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. That was uh, I mean, uh, yeah. That was uh, exciting, man. That was a time that uh, I never thought would happen. You know, being out of the league over 30 years, and you know, fortunate that the trust. Um, was given um, past players an opportunity to finish their uh, degrees, and I wrote an essay, and they gave me a twenty thousand dollars scholarship for two years. Twenty, wow. I mean twenty thousand per year, uh, and I think I used about thirty-two, thirty-three thousand of that, and uh, I got my degree and um, finished it. And you know, inspired by my daughter graduating from Thomas More College in Kentucky. What What was your major? Uh, it was just a liberal studies, you know, general nice. studies major. I, I didn't the do best. You know, I didn't. I didn't go out and, and go after something in particular. I was basically uh, wanting to finish school, uh, something that I should have finished. I changed my major. I was a psych major when I was at Arizona State, and I changed it to a uh, to a di- uh, not a difficult major, but something simple uh, that I could finish. And uh, it was awesome. It was great. And uh, my wife helped me a lot. My my daughter helped me. My mother in law. It was. Uh, it was something that I had to finish that I should have done 30 something years ago, but I got it done. And I always tell people, man, you're never too late to get things done. And yeah, you know, online, it, I wish they had online when I was in high school or I know. then because yeah. I probably got it done back then. I mean, honestly, David, uh, you doing it the way you did is actually more inspirational. You know, when you did it and you didn't really need the degree. Uh, I mean, I, I know you said there's some, some jobs that, that required it, but I mean, you had a lot. You had a lot of options, but you wanted the education, and that really sets a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, yeah. and it made sense, man, because yeah. you know there were a few jobs. Um, I know one that uh, really passionate to my heart was the program director at the Hamilton County Justice Center, and I've been in there for you know over twenty something years with the program. Um, the job was actually offered to me until I had my first question in the interview, and that was, "What's your degree in?" Yeah. When I said I don't have one, they said, "Well, we can't hire you." Yeah. And, and that was tough, man, because I I didn't I don't take I didn't want that job for the money. Yeah. I, I wanted the job because I'm already in there. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just honestly I gotta that say tough. that's yeah I gotta say that's pretty bold for someone to turn David Fulcher down for a job. I mean, you could easily just like sack that person. Like right there, yeah. You, it, it in the interview, at Hamilton County Justice Center. I, I yeah. actually applied for high school coaching jobs here in Ohio. Uh, probably yeah. about six or seven high schools, big schools, and uh, they all turned me down because they said I didn't have what? experience. And I'm thinking, are you what? kidding me? Yeah, are you kidding <laughs> me? Come on, it's just man. a yeah, it's a protocol of the degree. I know, but... I'm like, wait a minute, come on now. And and so you know, but I think my coaching is to coach those young men and women who are incarcerated to get back out in society. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, Mr. Yeah. Foster, I, I think I speak on behalf of all of us. Yeah. Saying how grateful we are that you came on the show. Very. Inside the time. Yeah. I'm still in awe that I'm talking to a living legend. I enjoyed watching you play, and I, I enjoy watching all of the good things you're doing for the community. Now, uh, it, it, is the it was the greatest pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Guys, thank you guys for having me, man. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, uh, I didn't know what to expect, man, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm in love with this, man. I got to start following y'all and figuring out how to watch y'all wow. because this is, uh, thank you. this is cool what you do. And thank you. Uh, thank you. it's great to be on it, man. And Dingle uh, Jim and Daniel, man, I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with me as well, man. Much more success to all you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For the viewers, please subscribe, you know, like, all that stuff, and you can patronize us, be patronizing towards us on patreon.com slash dhsports. Uh, for David Fulcher, Bank of Jim, uh, Daniel Gamba, and Dr. Roger Director Smoji, I am Dadio. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. So long. It's Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. You too, David. Good day, buddy.